Welcome to the Hidden Node Podcast. Uh, I'm Joel, and I'm here with my friend Nick. Nick, what's going on, man? It's going well. It's going well. Oh, I oh actually, I said I said uh, what's going on. I didn't say how's how's it going, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. Matter. <laughs> well, I'm gonna answer the question I thought you asked. Well, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So. Okay, um, so to, so last time we, we spent a lot of time talking about like 3D printing and stuff, um, but mm. I believe that today it's actually your turn to get to talk about things instead of it just being my turn. Is that? Oh, I think I think just you speaking is absolutely acceptable, but uh, but sure, sure. Today I thought I wanted to ask. Well, I wanted to talk about and kind of get your view on fintech or a little bit of fintech. Okay, so. Just in, I was talking to my parents earlier today, and they thought that fintech meant technology companies from Finland. I mean, so I'm not gonna lie, that is also but having no idea what fintech is. That is also my assumption, oh. uh, and it might be colored a bit by the fact that you and I both have friends that work in technology <laughs> from Finland, from a Finnish technology company. Yeah, yeah. So fintech. In at least in the descriptor I'm using is referring to financial tech okay. companies. Oh, okay. All and right. I mean, maybe I'm just jumping on the bandwagon here, but I believe that fintech is the term used for these sort of young upstart, uh, yeah, young younger companies moving into the finance world. Okay. Now, when you say like finance world, though, I mean, what do you mean? Are we talking about like personal finance tracking companies like Mint? Are we talking about uh, there's like like uh, penny stock trading applications now, like Robinhood, I think is one of them. Yeah. I haven't used it, but I don't know. It seems like that could fit a whole bunch of different areas. So what are we talking exactly. about specifically or is it non-specific? I think fintech covers all of that. So yeah, so in, in US, there's Robinhood and in the UK, not that long ago but a company called free trade started up and that's, yeah. that's the same kind of idea so it's it's app first uh-huh uh stock trading and then in the uk we've got a couple of fintech banks uh monzo starling and what's the other one? Revol- i think revolut but revolut's not uk based but they're all they're all relatively young and new banks that seem to be app first mm-hmm. and i think that's the first kind of point that i wanted to discuss with you and like i don't understand i like it i don't i, I like the app first approach but I, I i wish that it i wish there was a web ui as well but i wonder why the why an app as the primary and sole way of interacting with these services is preferable or advantageous over a website do you have mm. any idea i okay i don't know why uh well i don't know i've heard a few different opinions about this so i tend to run pretty lean on my phone this is just like joel's opinion joel's experience here but i i always <laughs> run budget phones like right now i have a nokia uh, 6.1 which is like 280 dollars unlocked on amazon being a nokia it's actually a fintech phone right a finished <laughs> stop technology. confusing you stop confusing me thanks <laughs> but i mean it is a finished phone um but uh no definitely not that is not the definition of fintech just, just to be absolutely clear here stop it joel stop it um but anyway i like i, I run a, i've always run budget phones i just always have it's been a very long time since i have bought 
a you know top of the line latest and greatest phone and mm. so i i run light on apps on my phone i don't want every single app i don't want the pizza hut app and the domino's app and the papa john's app and the little caesar's app no you don't i know i don't See, that, that's really interesting because i kind of do i like having these services segmented into their own little place on my phone so if this is a different topic, but I'm very happy to go down this uh, avenue. But it's a, a like, for example, I, I don't have the Domino's Pizza app, but for example, let's say I did, I would much rather interact with Domino's Pizza through a well-designed app than I would through a horrible interface on the website because it wasn't able to cope with a, a mobile-sized screen for example right and see my preference is those types of apps you know it's i don't order dominoes every day if i did i'd have like a serious problem don't worry <laughs> i split it up you know monday i do dominoes tuesday i do papa john's th- no no i'm kidding but i don't use it like how often would i use the dominoes app it's going to be once every four weeks tops you know i don't mm-hmm. i'm not going to use it that often and so i would rather go to a well-designed uh, mobile website. Now it's got to be a mobile website. It's got to be a website very specifically designed for my phone. And that way I don't have to have this residual piece of software sitting on my phone, eating up memory, prompting me with notifications, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm. But however, though, I, I think that when we're talking about FinTech, um, I think that we're really though thinking about the, the differentiation between a mobile application and a web, a desktop uh, yeah. website. Is that pretty accurate? Is I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like making the comparison well, between mobile app and mobile website is kind of the wrong application here. No, I think actually the way you just described all of that has just exactly answered my question. Oh, because... and I didn't even know. What, what was the question? <laughs> I don't even... Maybe I forgot okay. it. Maybe you never said it. I probably just forgot it. <laughs> no. So the question was, why do these companies have this app first approach to to the exclusion of a website right and i think you've just answered the question because by making an app they don't have to deal with websites that can cope with hundreds of different screen resolutions and screen dimensions i guess that's and true. what makes these services so uh, interesting or, or one of the aspects is that it can send me instantaneous push notifications and therefore if you make an interface that is through through a website, be that a regular desktop website or a mobile-friendly website, you're never going to be able to push those notifications, and that's part of the the whole service here. So, Joel, you've just answered it. That's why, because if you offer this service that that they could just use a website, they might not install the app. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, there you go. I, I'm good, huh? I'm, That's I'm just amazing. really good at this. Yeah, I didn't even know I was answering I, it, and I did. I want to. I want to tell you a quick story about open banking and a financial aggregator called Buxfer. Okay, if that's if that's okay. Uh, can you spell Can you spell Bucks for? Bu- sorry, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I can't even say it. Say it and Buxfer. spell it. It's it's B U X F E R. Okay, that helps tremendously. Proceed. But it is a. It is essentially like it's a service similar to mint okay and in the but mint doesn't work very well in the uk so because 
even though it will link to UK banks, it still shows the dollar sign, which I find extremely annoying. There are uh. other financial aggregators in the UK. One of them, one of them is called uh, Money Hub and Money Dashboard. Okay. And there are also some app-first financial aggregators like Yolt, Y-O-L-T, okay. and Emma. And all of these things jump into your bank and scrape transaction data and then are able to present that to you in a presumably better way than your bank can. Otherwise, right. it wouldn't have a niche. But anyway, the reason I was talking about Buxfer is that for a long time, I've used Buxfer to tick off every transaction that I make, be that through my debit or credit card right. and PayPal, actually, mm -hmm. so that I get one website, one dashboard with lots of transactions from three different sources, and I can tick them off and categorize them. So is is the primary purpose of why you use a third-party financial tracking tool like this to basically tick off those transactions and go, yep, that one's legit, yep, that one's legit, yep, that one's legit. Is that the primary purpose why you're doing, why you're using a tool like that? It's not so much that they are legit. It's more so that I have registered them and dealt with them as a dealt with them as necessary. So right. the I was using a single credit card for both personal and business expenses, mm -hmm. and that was by choice. Uh, and therefore, I needed to tick off every transaction that came through, and then if it was a business expense add it to my claim form. And if it was a personal one, r remind myself, why did I spend money on that? Right. Okay. Yes. Now I remember. And, and I felt like it was a, it was a kind of a time sink, but I felt it was some value because, you know, it, <clears throat> it's like, uh, owning it, you know, uh, understanding where my actual money is going rather than right. just this blind buying things on Amazon and then boxes appear and you don't know what's in them. And then you're right. like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember when I really, really totally, needed this thing. Totally done that. Like a box shows up and I'm like, <laughs> what did I, in fact, no joke, the Amazon guy just rang the doorbell like, like, I don't know, two minutes ago. <laughs> it's it's kind of like stressing me out that there there's actually a Nintendo Switch sitting out there on my doorstep right now. It's not ah. for me. It's I ordered it for my sister-in-law to give to her husband, you know, Christmas time. You know how that, you know how it goes. Um, I do. But Okay, so let me let me kind of give you like uh, what we use a third-party mm. financial tracking tool for. Um, so okay. my wife and I, um, we one thing that we do is we do budgeting together. Uh, so we basically sit down at the beginning of every month and we go, okay, I know I'm going to receive X amount of money from paychecks. Uh, and, and then we sit down and we say, okay, well, $100 is going into this category. $100 is going into this category. You are going to buy this thing. I'm going to buy this thing. And so we basically just plan out where the money is going to go ahead of time. Mm. Um, and we get it probably about 95%, 90 to 95% accurate is what I would say. You know, we make little adjustments at the end of the month. Uh, we go, oh, you know, wow, we only spent, you know, we only spent $95 on fuel this month. We thought we were going to spend 130 So yay. And then we'll put that, you know, that extra 35 bucks into a different category. So we gotcha. use a tool called Every Dollar. Uh, which it's actually a paid service. We actually pay $100 a year for it, but it's like okay. totally worth the money. But yeah, it goes in and, and awkwardly scrapes transactions out of our bank account. It's mm. really awkward. It's very 
uh, like the tool itself is great. You know, the cat, the, the transactions show up sporadically. And I, I think, I think I kind of know where this conversation is heading, but they, the, they, they, like the, the transactions show up very sporadically and then you drag them into your categories and then you basically watch each category burn down until you're out of money in that category. And then you okay. stop spending money on, I don't know, eating out, you know? So Pres yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question for you, but before sure. we get onto that one, in my particular scenario, I did categorize the transactions, but I didn't really care about the category. For, for me, it was purely a tick box to say, I have seen this transaction and I know what it is and I have done whatever I need to do with it. Right. And it seems to but, me like you're using that tool to combat the the ease of spending money with a plastic card as opposed to the relative difficulty and pain of spending money with actual, you know, paper or metal money, right? Yeah, I think is it kind of like some, that. Some somewhat. It, it's more it's more just the UI presented to me by my bank and by PayPal. There is no way for me to just put a tick box next to a transaction. Mm -hmm. I suppose I could do this in an Excel spreadsheet. But Ugh, what gross. I wanted was a yeah yeah what I what I was what I was what I personally in this scenario was looking for was a UI that would just allow me to go yes I archive this transaction I no longer need to see it right well it's like archiving well here's how I handle email kind of having grown up so to speak with Gmail I didn't always have mm. Gmail but that's kind of the first email address that I took really seriously and the way that I handle email is. I keep it in my inbox until I am done with it and then I archive it. So, you know, for example, if I reply to somebody and I give them the answer, I hit archive immediately, that conversation is now done. If yep. I'm going to need to wait a couple of weeks before I can handle this, like, well, for example, there is uh, like $100 from Alaska Airlines sitting in my inbox because they had a flight that was massively delayed and so they gave me 100 bucks. That will stay in my inbox until I use it, right? And then I will archive it to say, done. I don't know. Is, yeah. is that similar to how that's, you? Yeah, that's okay. the sort of thing. Yeah, just just. Uh, but but there are any number of things that these these uh, aggregators can allow you to do. Categorization right. and budgeting being just one of the hundreds of different things that you might find interesting to do with this. It's sort of like right. just a a better UI for viewing your financial status. This is. One of those classic examples where, okay, well, here, here's an example. Uh, in the world of Android, you can get stock Android from Google. It's a relatively clean experience. You know, there's not a lot of like fluff everywhere. It's smooth. It works pretty well. It looks like Google designed it. And then you have so many vendors that take Android and put their own stupid, dumb skin on it and just make it stupid. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, Anything by Amazon is just awful to use. Like they just destroy, Am they just destroy Android, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, Samsung. Like it doesn't feel like Android at all. It's its own thing, and, and maybe that's intentional. But there's so many cases out there where if people would just leave it alone and just ship it as the vendor, basically as the vendor designed it, it would be so much better. Or just let someone else do it better. Like, oh, here's another example of kind of the point that I'm driving at here. Smart TVs. Have you ever used like a smart TV before? Like other than an Apple TV, other than a Chromecast, something like that? Like built not, in? Not for any duration of time because of the they ensuing suck. rage. Yes. 
Okay, so why? And so what I tell everyone, you know, like my father-in-law asked me, like, hey, what TV should I get? I was like, not a smart TV. Just don't. Just do not buy a smart TV. Don't do that. Get a dumb TV that has HDMI and then just go, because they all do now, go, hmm. go get a TV and plug an Apple TV into it. Just let Apple do it for you. Because they make the best, quote-unquote, smart TV out there. It's not built into the TV. It's something you add. That's going to be a way better user experience than whatever Samsung or Vizio can cram in there on a super bad, super low budget with no potential for updates, no good user experience. <laughs> just awful. It's just really, really bad. And so this seems like one of those cases where what if the banks just gave everyone access to an API where you could pull transaction data out of the out of your bank account, but they didn't even worry about providing any kind of online banking. They let third parties <laughs> do that, you know? I mean, my bank has budgeting tools built in. They're not very good, and so I don't use them. I use a third-party yeah. service. Why not just buy the third-party service for all your users or something like that and then give them direct integration? I don't know. It just seems like there would be there could be so many better ways to do this than how it's being done now. Yeah. And so I well, what I want to know now is your service, how does it scrape those transactions from it, your bank? Yeah, it, the worst way imaginable. It literally logs in as me, answers my security questions, you yeah. know, like under which tree did you bury your second dog that died or something <laughs> like that, you know? Yes. Like yes. Uh, it, it, it answers the security questions and then it literally just scrapes the transactions out using HTTPS as far as I can tell. Like, okay. Because, and the reason why I believe it does it that way is because it ever so often will prompt me to type all that information in again. And it is presented to me exactly like it is if I am logging into my actual bank account, you know, it's gotcha. like exactly the same. And to make matters worse, there are what, thousands of banks in the United States alone? It's way more than hundreds. Mm -hmm. I know that. It's got to be up in the thousands. And I use a tiny Idaho, like like a tiny bank that's just in Idaho. And so, I don't know, they probably have like 30 branches scattered throughout the state. And I really like them as a bank. But that means that my the, the integration that they have had to hand build for my bank is very second rate compared to Wells Fargo or Chase or... Uh, you know, Bank of America, like the big, big banks out there that have a lot of reach. Hmm. So that's that's what that's what Buxfer used to do. Okay. Was I gave it my login details to my online, my, yeah, my online bank credentials, which I was uncomfortable with. But at the end of the day, their UI was better than the bank one, so I was I had to do it. Right. But then kind of what has recently sparked my interest in the world of fintech and there is a there's a follow-up story about fintech which is which is separate from the from the aggregator but recently the banks in the UK have started switching forcibly switching over to open banking and open banking is exactly what you just described it is a documented standardized API huh. way for the banks to offer transactional data of uh, transactional data from their customers, but without those customers having to expose their logging credentials. Okay, uh, um, I'm interested. 
So right. it was, I think it started in the, it started in 2016. And actually the United Kingdom Competition and Markets Authority issued a ruling that required the nine biggest banks, HSBC, Barclays, RBS, Santander, Bank of Ireland, Allied Irish Bank, Dank, uh, Dansk Bank, Lloyds and Nationwide to allow licensed startups direct access to their data down right. to the level of transactions. Okay. That was me reading from Wikipedia. Hang on a second. So this are you saying that this is like a government mandated sort of thing where like Yes. Wow. So the government actually got involved with this. Yeah. Huh. I don't I don't understand I don't understand the you know interest, but this is it's quite interesting though. But yeah, so that the the government actually mandated well, it says the U- United Kingdom Competition and Markets Authority. So Sounds presumably like, as an American, that sounds like government to me, <laughs> which means like it's bad. Government, government in disguise, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> but so they forced it on them. And now, three years later, the banks are, they, they have open banking, but they are now starting to make it more difficult for these aggregation services to log in with your credentials, doing things like two-factor. Oh, we know your phone number. Here's your one-time code because you want to log in. Right. Which, all in all... It's more secure this way. I don't have a problem with it. However, however, and here's here's the the crux of this story, is that the open banking, uh, it requires the service to have an existence within the UK. So what this means is that for a service like Mint or Buxfer, in this case, who do not have an entity in the United Kingdom, for them to access the open API and implement it into their service, they now have to use a third-party company to bridge this gap. So so now there's a niche in the marketplace for (laughs) these open open banking bridge companies. And I think there are three or four, and I don't know the names of them. But the one that Buxford chose to use was called Salt Edge. Okay. Right? Just like some and random, hey, what do we name our bridge company thing? <laughs> uh, hey, there's some salt on the edge of the table over there. Let's call it the salt, salt table. No, it's dumb. Okay, Salt Edge. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I'm sure yeah. these companies did other things. But it, what, what this meant was though, then then my bank, I was forced to use Open API and give my, give you know, uh, give the... API access to Salt Edge, which is fine. I don't really mind how the data gets into Buxer as long as it gets there. And then it stopped. <laughs> so Wait, it just quit so, working. Yeah, so I think it's my I think in my particular scenario, I think it was the bank's fault. But so for a long time, I it wasn't pulling data from the credit card. It was able to pull data from the debit card. Not the credit but card. It, but it, yeah, and even even worse than that, it was getting the, uh, it was getting the balance, but not the transaction data. So all very. Good this for is it. kind of working, sort of, and also right. making you think that it's work working too. I, there's like not a worse way for something to fail than to make you think it's working but not actually be working. Yeah. So this is all being very annoying, and then something else happened, and I ended up with. <laughs> 2,686 
duplicates oh, yeah. of one transaction. Oh, oh of one transaction. <laughs> right. So, so okay, just... <laughs> so with every dollar, the, the thing that we've ran into is we'll get like 100 transactions in. Yeah, it's actually 50 of them. They're just all doubled. They're all oh, duplicated. <sighs> and, oh, it's so... And I mean, that, that, like it's so difficult to go through and, and and what if some of those we've already what if we've already sorted them out into their categories it's like well now yeah. we don't know we have to manually go through and look at each category and it's like oh it's just and it's frustrating too especially since we pay for the service but i know that it's not their fault i know mm. that it is my bank's fault for locking them out of the account temporarily or something i i don't know i just yeah. don't get the feeling that this is their fault so that's exactly the same thing with Boxfer. It's not I pay I paid like twenty pounds for a year's worth of Boxfer because it yep. it it was making this whole process much easier, but it's not their fault. It's now the bridging company. But nevertheless, my frustration is with you, Boxfer, because I I can't see the transactions. Right. And so if you're anything like me too, like these kinds of services too, you're kind of a fan of the service. Like you really want them to make it, you know? And so you're willing to put up with a certain amount of things going wrong, you know? Mm. I don't know. Are you, are you similar to me in that way that like there's, well, for example, when we talked about the Prusas, like I will overlook some of the glaring problems with the Prusha. Although, hang on, let me think about what those are. I can't think about what those, I can't think of what those <laughs> might be. But if there was a glaring problem with the Prusha, I'm going to overlook it because I'm so passionate about the product and I think it's such a good product. The same is true for every dollar. Like, I, I think it is such a great product. It's so good. Yes, it does have a couple of these little bugs that may or may not be their fault. I don't know. But I'm willing to overlook those because I want it to succeed. Sure. And I want other people to use it too. Yes, to to an extent. I think with Prusha, I could... I could be on board with that. With Boxfer, it is purely the only service that I found that gave me the style of UI that I wanted. Right. In fact, many of these services boast that they have automatic categorization of transactions. Right. And and if that's what you were using the service for, categorizing your expenses, that's a really good feature. But because of the very niche task that i'm trying to do i don't i don't in fact i don't want it to categorize them same here yeah okay um so my wife and i we we teach like these uh i don't know these kind of financial independence classes just like helping people get out of debt you know how to how to stay out of debt that kind of thing Mm. and uh and we always show them every dollar and they're always like cool will it do it automatically i'm like that's not the point the point is that you (laughs) manually you have to touch every single transaction and categorize it yourself and that helps you understand where your money is going you know like a chart yes. or a graph I mean, that's helpful but it's not enough you need to feel the money going to places you know right so i'm with you yeah i, you, I don't you want to understand yeah i don't want it to automatically trans i don't want it to do that automatically now mint does that but that doesn't help me at all that's not yep. what i need so and it I, needs to be there needs to be a uh yeah we're going down that avenue there of giving the user options but yes but why not why not have that as an option like auto categorize features or uh, auto categorize my transactions or uh, not nick you're speaking <laughs> my language here like so many times you know you talk to a software developer we've both worked for software companies and you're like they're like yeah we're gonna make it do this well what if we gave them a checkbox no no checkboxes the way that we made it is perfect and we know what they want and if they want it the other way they're wrong <sighs> 
Why, Nick? Why? But this is a thing with all software developers. No offense, software developers. This is a thing with all software developers out sure. there that they, they, I don't know. It just it drives me crazy. But yeah, well, I A, don't care about automatic. I don't want it to auto automatically categorize. And if it does automatically categorize, I want an option to turn that thing mm. off. I don't want it. I, I think options are good, although I understand and appreciate the let's not end up with an aeroplane cockpit UI. I'm all I'm all on board for that, but somewhere what what service was it? Zoom actually. You know, Zoom inside the app, fairly limited options. Mm -hmm. But then there's a box which you can you can click on. It takes you to a website and then you've got like pages and pages of minute yeah. little tweaks of it was, and that it was beautiful <laughs> that's it was, great for the yeah. people who want to do those little tiny little adjustments to the yeah. way they and you and i we got in there we were like check uncheck check boom and then we never went back to that page ever again and so it didn't clutter up the ui yeah definitely yeah definitely. no like i'm all for hiding ex advanced options like that I th or putting them just somewhere that they're not right in the way because again yeah like you said you don't want to look like an airplane cockpit but at the same time I mean, if you don't give me that little checkbox, you might completely break my ability to use your product or use your application. Right. Yeah. And that, Nick, what are I, we doing? Everybody... Why why are we not founding a software company right now? Why are we wasting our time with a podcast? I don't know. I don't know. But possibly because it's much easier for me to flap my lips and talk about solving true. these problems than yeah. actually doing it. These guys are wrong and they're dumb and they're doing it all wrong. And yeah, they uh, just are. That's so much easier. I, I agree. But so rather than me just talk about problems, I think I have a I have a solution. Nick, that is not the hidden node podcast way. <laughs> like you are you are breaking the very fab you're tearing the very fabric of this pot. No, go ahead. I want to hear it. What's your what's your solution? I was sat next to Dan Jones during the ECSE troubleshooting. Okay. Of course. And I think I was I was um, subjecting him to some of my angst about bugs fur, and he was like, "Well, <laughs> subjecting why <don't>, him? <laughs> why don't why don't Nick? Why don't you just use you know Monzo?" And I kind of knew about Monzo. This is one of those fintech young app first uh, disruptor banks in the UK. Not and from Finland. Not a Finnish. Not from Finland. Okay, okay, I'm tracking barely. But I I'm set tracking. up an account with them, and I. I've got to say to you that the experience has been excellent. So and does that mean that Buxfer's days are numbered? And, and so they're, yes. so, okay, Monzo, uh, can you spell it for me? Just so I know. M-O-N-Z-O. -O. Okay. All right. And by Z, you mean Z. Okay. Got Correct. it. Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. So wait, it and does the same thing that Buxfer does as far as like allowing you to check no, boxes or what? No, it doesn't. It doesn't even do that. I, in fact, it, it, goes about things in a in a different way but i think so it's going to force me to change my habits i will actually now separate my personal expenditure and business expenditure right but one thing so so no in fact the answer to your question is that no monzo does not solve this particular aspect although actually you can categorize you can add hashtags to transactions oh, that's kind of cool. inside inside the app. And so therefore I could do the same thing by just putting a hashtag checked by right. every transaction once I've looked at it. That's a lot of uh that's a lot of buttons to press as opposed to pressing one button before though. It is, but just like 
uh, as is becoming of these fintech apps because because they're fintech companies sorry because they're small ish and they want to listen they have a feature request page so Yay. i could i could ping them on that and say hey i really need to apply uh, hashtags to my transactions could we have a swipe left on a transaction to then bring up that as an option right so that that could be something i i could do but the 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 point i think i wanted to bring up here was this instantaneous feedback and so it's quite it's quite an amazing feeling or quite an amazing experience so i'm so used to making transactions on a credit card or my debit card and then having and being forced to wait 12 24 48 hours before they appear on my statement right do you have that uh it's like with every dollar well, okay, so if I go look at my online bank, it depends. Mm. Sometimes, okay. now there's, you know, you can run things as debit or credit, and we we exclusively use debit cards. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a whole other podcast to talk about that. Yep. But uh, it's like, it depends on whether they're run as debit or credit. If I forget which is which, but one of them shows up instantly, one does not. And then there okay. is a certain completely seemingly random delay between when they'll actually show up in every dollar. Okay. Ah, but so for every dollar, I can understand that somewhat because this is another service yes. pulling that data. But yes. for me, even logging into my online bank and looking at my statement and transaction history, there's they are not they're not to the second live. Yeah. Now I think I know. Now I don't know how different things are in the UK versus the US. But uh, okay, story time. I used to work yes. at a pizza place and every night, so we had a credit card machine next to the cash register and we'd run our, our credit cards all day long, debit cards, credit cards, whatever. We ran everything yep. as credit. Uh, so no pin numbers, nothing like, you know, print off a receipt, they sign their name. I think that's changed since this was many years ago now, but I think it's all pin numbers now. But at okay. the end of the night, we would settle all of the transactions. And so we didn't even, like they were all authorized ahead of time but we would not actually reach into your bank account and take the money out of your bank account until we settled all the transactions at the end of the evening. Uh, okay. There's a little sub-menu that, you know, in the little the little payment terminal, there's a little sub-menu you went into and you went to settle transactions and then it would talk to the intertubes and settle it all. And okay. then that's when it would hit your credit card. So that probably goes some way to explaining why this is a normal behavior for there to be this delay. Right. But what happens with Monzo and presumably Starling and Revolut and all of these younger apps, whether the money's gone or not, it gives you the feeling that it has. So the, the instant I make a transaction, my phone is going, boop, here is the transaction, this is the vendor, this is the amount. And that instantaneous feedback is, is fantastic. Right. Even and I, I really another another thing that was really interesting. I bought cinema tickets with the Monzo card. Hang on, those are like then, those are like movie tickets. Right? Yeah, yeah, movie tickets. Exactly. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thanks for thanks and for translating it to English for me. I appreciate that. My my pleasure. My pleasure. And the the website paused, and then it sort of said waiting for authorization, and then the phone goes bzz, open up the app, and it's saying. Do you want to authorize this transaction to of of X many pounds to this vendor? You just go authorize, and then it was done. And it was it's like it, this is a new age way of dealing with 
financial transactions. Yeah. It's Okay. Uh, similar story, but a very different experience is uh, a few days ago, I was trying to order um, a, a Prusa actually for my, uh, for one of my family members <laughs> because a, a lot of like the way that my wife and I operate, we have one bank account. We both have debit cards for that bank account. And it's a little bit tricky when we're both kind of look, looking at financial data regularly around Christmas time because she'll go like, oh, you spent $300 at Patagonia. I wonder what that was for. You know, now she knows she's getting, uh, you know, a coat for Christmas. Ah, Yeah, it's a bit of a problem. Um, so my wife and I have this agreement where like she does her Christmas shopping and then I say, and, and, and then she says, don't look at every dollar until I categorize everything. And I go, okay. And you know, so on and so forth. Right. Um, a lot of our family members, they don't have like a tracking system like that. And so what they end up doing is they, they message us and say, Hey, I really want to get a Nintendo switch for so-and-so. Can you order it for me? And I'll pay you back after the holidays or I'll pay you with PayPal or something like that. So that way it's masked. They can't they, they can maybe see how much it was, but they can't see okay. where it was too. Is that uh, because your family uh, family members are also having shared accounts with Yeah, their yeah, spouses? that is exactly okay. it. I mean, two cases like my my wife's sister and her husband, they share they just share a checking account. My sister and her husband exact same thing. They just share a checking account. Uh, you know, there's sole breadwinners in each family. And so, you know, basically one income families. And so, yeah, they just share a bank account. Uh, yeah. So, so that's like a, that's a little bit of, that's a little bit of a, of a problem. Where was I going with all that? I was going somewhere and I forgot. I do this all the time, Nick. Uh, you were going this way because think back what were we doing instantaneous feedback of transactions what the heck what was I talking about this this is happening way too often now as I'm getting older or something but I'm sure it was a great conclusion that was waiting to happen it'll come back to me in like five minutes we'll be on something completely different I'll be like (gasps) I remember what it was and then we'll we'll figure it out (laughs) okay well whilst 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 you work out where you were going with that (laughs) I, I think the the final point that I wanted to make on this kind of instant feedback for transaction was I I can see there being an argument to be said for that, you know, instant gratification on all things is not a positive. There are several scenarios, not with anything to do with banks, but there are several scenarios where delayed gratification is a skill that is worthwhile and should be cultivated. But I actually, I think that the, the impatient, impatient uh, feelings that I have now for the transaction history, I don't think there's any value to learning, you know, patience for waiting for where my transactions of money that I've spent to appear on my statement. I think so. You're saying you're saying that there is no advantage to making me wait patiently for this. This is the, something that I should expect to have right now. Yeah. Yeah, or, I, I, or at I least agree. historically, when there was a delay and that couldn't be worked around, fair enough. But now that companies are offering this instantaneous acknowledgement of transactions and being able to put that into your feed on your within the app, yes, I think it's a great step forwards. And this brings me to the situation that I was in the other night. Uh, you remember on Lord of the Rings, like Gandalf's trying to remember which way to go, and Samwise is like, he's remembered. That's just happened to me. Uh, okay. So I was trying to order a 3D printer for my sister to give to her husband. Yep. And yep. uh, I went to order a Prusa for her and I went to place the order and it's like my, and I don't know, my bank saw that I was trying to order something in the several hundred dollars from a company in, uh, in Europe. And they were like, no, heck no, you're not doing that. 
And so I try like four times. I'm like, try it again, try it again, try it. It's not working. And so, I, you know, finally I go to her and I was like, it's not working, Mr. Frodo or something like that. It's just not going to work. And uh, I'm going to stop with the Lord of the Rings stuff right now. <laughs> that's, that's ending right here and right now. I, I apologize to you and to anyone listening to this. Uh, so then like, I don't know, eight hours later, I get an email from my bank saying, hi, we noticed all these transactions. Do you want to authorize them? And I'm like, it's too late for that now. Like, we've yeah. already found a different solution. I had somebody else order it. Like, <sighs> you know? Yeah, no. It should have been instant. It should have been absolutely instantaneous. Hey, do you want to authorize this? And I hit yes. And then Prusa Research goes, sweet, your order was authorized. And that's that. Agreed. That's what should have happened. And I had, I have, when traveling for Ekahau, I've made, I've had expenses, uh, transactions that I'm trying to do, and then it fails because randomly my old big bank in the UK was like, no, we didn't know that you were going to this country. You should have told us. You're like, no, no, I really shouldn't. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't want to have to call you or use no. your horrible website to tell you that I'm going to this country and then I'm going to this country. Like, your service needs to work wherever I am. Yeah, I'm totally. You see that I travel consistently. You know that I travel all around Europe consistently. You, your machine learning algorithm should be better than this. You should be able to know. And, of course, those transactions, they always fail. Like, when you are at the end of a 24-hour day of traveling, like, you've been on <laughs> airplanes for... 18 hours you've been in airports and you've taken an uber or a lyft to your hotel and you get to your hotel and you're so close and they go to place a 200 dollars hold on your card and it fails and you're like bank i just want you to give them the money and i want you to do it right now but of course of course of course your bank is in a different time zone than you are in and so when you call them to sort it out they're like we're currently closed right now it's like you know like (laughs) yeah crazy it's almost as it probably probably sound as if i've been in that exact scenario and the reason why i probably sound like i've been in that exact scenario because i believe that i have been in that exact scenario yeah yeah and i i think this is i think it's great so i am i'm really really upbeat and positive now at the the possibilities that these younger fintech companies are going to offer just one last thing for example a receipt management like inside the inside the monzo app okay when when that instantaneous transaction appears i can i can take a picture of my receipt and put it against that transaction already in the banking app wow that that is pretty that is pretty spectacular um okay so you know as you know i when I, I, I like didn't really have a real job for like 14 weeks or so. Instead, I just got okay. slammed with contract work. Like, that was the most, that was the busiest 14 weeks I've ever had in my life. In fact, like taking a job was almost like, I wonder if I'll actually get to like slow down now <laughs> now that I have a job again. Okay. Like it was, it was crazy. It was just absolutely nuts. And only two nights ago or so, I finally sat down and went through the massive pile of receipts and categorized everything you know like saying okay this one was with this specific job this was for this specific job this is when i was traveling for this event and that was really important for me to be able to see like which jobs made me money which jobs Mm. you know made less money for example you know just just to look and see kind of what my situation was with the whole thing and how well it worked and it was a pain i mean i have an excel spreadsheet that is hundreds and hundreds of lines long 
and I've got a giant pile of receipts just in case I get audited for taxes that I have to hang on to until taxes are done this year. What a pain. And that made me realize if you're running a small business or something like that, the value of using some kind of finance application like QuickBooks and and also, I'd probably have to find some kind of receipt management application too, so I can keep yeah. digital copies of these receipts because I literally have a giant envelope in my yeah. office yeah. here, just full of receipts. It's really bad. So that is exciting to see kind of where these companies will go. And yeah, the receipt management thing, yeah. uh, that's something else we can talk about, but not not today, I think. But there's so many, so many different services out there and different UIs and different approaches to this, but I haven't yet found exactly what I need. I, I wait with bated breath to find out whether Starling and or Monzo can be that app. Yeah. And now that I kind of know that these things are beginning to exist, it makes me wonder, you know, what kind of alternatives we're seeing here in the US. Although I've noticed that the US seems to be very far behind everyone else in everything finance. You know, for example, uh, a few years ago, I uh, went to the Netherlands and I got there and I didn't have a chip on my debit card. And they right. tried to, they inserted my my debit card into the card reader and there it didn't work and they pulled it out to just check the chip and I'm like it doesn't have a chip. And I'm like, no, we don't really have those in the U.S. And they're like, we literally cannot run this card. We cannot run this card. And fortunately, it only happened with one vendor. And it's always okay. fine. I was able to work around the issue with some cash or something like that. But the U.S. has always been ridiculously far behind everywhere else for some reason. And I worry that you might be starting to get some of these cool services that can tap directly into an API. What was the name of it again? Uh, oh, so that's that's open banking. Open banking. Okay. But I think you might, I mean, you might be in a position to hop, skip, and jump past that because I know that Monzo are making inroads to the US. So you can you can jump on their US waitlist already. So they are April 15th, 2019. Why open banking won't work in the US from Forbes. So there's that. But okay. let me look up let me look up um, Monzo. Oh, and I when I type in Monzo, the very first thing that Google comes back is with is Monzo United States. <laughs> uh, Monzo is launching in the USA. Uh it's coming to the U.S. We're doing things differently. Okay, I, it sounds like I need to check Monzo out and see. Help us build the bank you want to use. Monzo account is instant spending notifications, stress-free traveling, easy budgeting, and support from real people whenever you need it. Huh. Interesting. I Maybe love worth. their little screenshot here, how they have the, they even have um, an icon for each vendor next to the yeah. you know, like Kroger, Amazon, Spotify, AT&T, CVS, that is fantastic. <sighs> and it is little it is a little 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 uh quirks of the UI like that that make it feel comfortable. And we don't have time to go into that one today, but for example, Free Trade, the UK version of Robinhood, mm -hmm. when you're inside that app, the Docs look like apps, so you 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 want to place a, an order, want to place a buy order on Tesla stock. Well, it mm -hmm. it's a it's a rounded corner, rec, uh, rounded corner square with the Tesla logo in it, and that's nice. so much more tangible yes. than just a line item in a 
in a list of yes touchscreens on modern phones starting with the iphone and when they started to do applications on the iphone which was not instant i it's, it's hard to think of an iphone without an app ecosystem but it was a thing mm. for a certain amount of time i think it was like a year six months two years something like that um but yeah like it, it's it, it's given developers so much freedom to come up with awesome solutions make things so easy to use Man, I'm starting to really think that the desktop operating system as we know it is probably going to go away in a few years, more or less. Um, yeah. And I think that or at least see some. Yeah. I yeah, it mo- could mobile, go away. Yeah, I think mobile operating systems are probably going to take over at some point. And, but man, they just they're so good. Like like the things are just so polished and so good, even on Android. Like even Android is pretty good. It's not perfect. It's not as shiny as iOS, but it's still pretty good. And I, I don't know. It's just it, the the world of apps. I, I know earlier I said that I, I hate having everyone's app on my phone. <laughs> yeah, but you did say that. I did say yeah. that. But <laughs> at the same time, I do recognize that apps and the flexibility with touchscreens and all that have really given us some very cool products that are very easy for people to use. That's great, man. Hey, thank you very much for listening to me waffle on about uh, fintech. Yeah, well, and... I feel like I learned a lot about it. Uh, I feel like I'm probably going to check Monzo out now. Um, boy, we should call them and see if they want to sponsor our podcast because we have... <laughs> how many listeners do we have at this point? We have... Let me count one, two, five, ten, zero, none? Because <laughs> oh, no, we haven't no, actually... two, two. Oh, you, you and, and me. me. <laughs> yes, yes, we have two <laughs> listeners. Well, we'll have to call them and ask them if they're interested in sponsoring. And one of the next time we start, you know, maybe we'll get on there and be like... You know, uh, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Monzo, you know? Absolutely. And Absolutely. Ugh, probably <laughs> not. All right, Nick. Well, hey, that was a lot of fun. Let's do this again soon. And uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. Take care. Speak to you soon. Bye. Yep. Bye.